Well, we're going to have our Bible reading now, and uh, Amy is going to come and read Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 7. Okay, Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 7. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by the name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Thank you, Amy. In that reading, uh, we receive comfort and joy. Well, Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Most of the verses will be on the screen, and yet it's also great to have your own Bibles uh, that are open so you can follow it through in that way. Uh, we've mentioned that leading up to Christmas, we're doing this series of comfort and joy taken from the Book of Consolation, which is in Isaiah chapter 40 to chapter 55. It's full of prophecies about our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this morning, we're in the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. And we will see that comfort and joy come to us because we belong to the Lord. I wonder if you've ever felt that you don't belong somewhere. It's not a nice feeling. And I wonder if you wish that you had a deep sense of belonging to something or someone really precious and meaningful. We all long to belong. Not to belong is horrible. Awkward situation number one. You're on your way to the match. You're wearing your team colors. You get on the train, and the carriage is full of people from the opposing team with their colors. You don't belong. Very carefully and gently, and try not to be noticed, you make your way to the next carriage. There, your supporters are. You belong. Awkward situation number two. Your friend calls you saying that there's a fancy dress party. Uh, would you like to come along? So you do, and you go dressed as Daffy Duck. And Bridget Jones-like, you find that when you get there, no one else is in fancy dress. You certainly don't feel like you belong to that place, and you look for the exit. Awkward situation number three. You go to an event. You think people will be there that you know. But when you get there, there's no one you know. And everyone is kind of huddled in their own little group. They're talking away and they're talking fast. And, and nobody notices you. And you try and drift in and out between the huddles of the group. Uh, and you think, I don't belong. I've got to go. There's many situations in which we feel at times we just don't belong. And those are, are foolish illustrations, really. But there's more serious situations and far bigger situations where people feel they don't belong. It's a horrible feeling 
to feel on the outside, looking in. Everyone else is okay, but you don't belong. So what a blessing and what a joy to read in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, these words on our screen. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. Those last three words. You are mine. We belong to the Lord. We belong to him by creation, for he says that I created you. We belong to him by redemption, for he says there, I have redeemed you. And we've been redeemed at such a cost by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to the Lord. Do you know there are quite a few New Testament references that tell us that if you're a Christian, you belong you belong to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 41, you belong to the Messiah. Romans 1, verse 6, we are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Romans 14, verse 8, we belong to the Lord. Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus. We are not nobody's child, just like a flower growing wild. We belong we belong to the Lord. And he's someone who is precious and meaningful. So our whole life can be precious and meaningful because of the one to whom we belong, our God. And that should bring us comfort and joy. So let's think about this belonging to the Lord. And let's think of it under three headings. Identity, responsibility, and assurance. Identity, responsibility, and assurance. That actually spells IRA, but that's not particularly interested in that, but it might help you remember it. Identity. Identity. Identity is a huge issue today. One of my uh, favorite musicals is uh, Les Miserables. Uh, we went to see it again for the third time uh, the other week. And many of the songs there, they, they get into your brain, and you can't stop singing them, even when you're you know, trying to go to sleep at night, they're, they're there. And one of the songs that's been going through my mind sir, for a few weeks is the one that Jean Valjean sings as he's wrestling as to whether or not he should own up to Javert as to who he is. And the whole song, I won't sing it to you because I can't sing, the whole song speaks about who am I? Am I Jean Valjean or am I prisoner 24601? And I'm sorry now for some of you who will be singing that for the rest of the sermon. 24601 or Jean Valjean. Wrestling, what is my identity? Identity is huge. Who am I? Am I my genes? Am I my past? Am I my sexual orientation? Am I my feelings? Am I my image? Am I my body? Am I what I do? Am I what I have? Am I what I know? Who am I? What is my identity? It's only a human being that asks that question. 
Animals never ask that question. The sun, moon, and stars never ask that question. But we do. Everybody does. At some point in our life, we ask, well, who really am I? What is my identity? There's three major issues around today. People want to be trauma-informed. They want to be aware of the abuse dynamic. And they want to settle the question of identity. Who am I? For the believer, we know who we are. We belong to the Lord. We belong to him. Again, those words, you are mine. This is God speaking to his people. And originally, when Isaiah prophesied, he was speaking to the, uh, the Jews, the people of God, who were in exile in Babylon. And it's almost like they lost their identity there, because their identity was very much tied up with their land and their temple and everything back in the Holy Land. And so they were away, and the influences of pagan Babylon would have... You know, come upon them, not all of them, because there was a remnant, but come upon them. And many of them were actually asking this question, who am I? And God says to them, you are mine. And he says it to us as well. You are mine. As it's put in the Song of Solomon, oh, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine, and his banner over me is love. You are mine. Remember that, Christian. When you feel lost and you don't belong, remember God says to you, you are mine. And we are his in such a way that he's written his name, he's written our name on his hands. God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 33, 17, I would do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Jesus said in John 10, verse 3, I am the good shepherd, and the shepherd calls his own sheep by name. And this is what God says here. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. He knows your name. Not in this chapter, but in another chapter of Isaiah, it says, chapter 49, 16, See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And immediately we think of the nail marks on the hands of Jesus. On the cross, he was thinking of us by name. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. That is an amazing thought. It's poetic language, of course. But God says that your name is written on his hands. Uh, back in my school days, when I went, it was a long time ago, back in the 70s, crazy 70s, if the girls loved a boy, they would write the boy's name all over their files, all over their books, they have to cover their books, and then they would write all over it, you know, Donny Osmond, David Cassidy, They'd write all the names and their boyfriend's names, uh, Stevie, Danny, all the rest of it. Uh, okay. Boys were a little more stupid in my day. And we decided that with the point of a compass, 
we would scratch the name of our girlfriends on our arms. I don't even know if you're allowed compass points today in schools. You probably are, but they're probably given out and taken back. But we used to scratch the name. I mean, it really taught you to go out with a girl with a short name. <laughs> but but it, it, how ridiculous. But why, why do we do it? She's mine. <laughs> well, so we thought until someone better came along. <laughs> you're, ch you're chucked, mate. Okay. You're mine. Our names are written on God's hands. You are mine. No wonder it says here, do not fear. One, we've got an identity. We belong to the Lord. We are his. He knows our name. Through the dread of night overwhelms my soul. He is here with me. I am not alone. Oh, his love is sure and he knows my name. For my God is the Ancient of Days. Comfort and joy to you and to me because we belong to the Lord and he knows exactly who we are and we have the best identity anyone can ever have. I belong to Jesus. But belonging not only means that we have an identity, it also means that we have a responsibility so our next verse, this responsibility. Uh, when you belong to someone or something, that privilege does come with a responsibility. Uh, we are learning a lot that if you belong to the royal family, then you've got to behave in a certain way. You've got a responsibility to do so. If you belong to a sports team, then you are responsible to do your absolute best every time you play for that team. If you belong to a club, you are responsible to abide by the rules of that club. Belonging brings responsibility. Likewise, belonging to the Lord. Verse 6 and 7. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The Lord is speaking here about those who belong to him. He says, my sons, my daughters, his children, those who are in his family. And their responsibility is spelt out there. I created for my glory. Again, in the original context of Isaiah, this would have been speaking to the Israelites um, and they were on their way back from captivity. He says, bring them back from the ends of the earth. But as we've seen in many of Isaiah's prophecies, it's got this double fulfillment. It doesn't apply way back then, but applies to us as well. We are God's sons and God's daughters. We are his children today through Christ. And we are to live for his glory, which gives us a great reason for living for the glory of God, which is the chief end of our existence and purpose. We live for the glory of God. Well, that's an awesome thing. But what does it actually mean? What's that responsibility to live for the glory of God? Well, let me show you two verses from the New Testament. The first one from Romans chapter 7 on our screen. Romans 7 verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, 
in order that we might bear fruit for God. We belong to another. So we died to the law of Moses. That was a law that bound us and strangely aroused passions within us that bore fruit for death. And we no longer belong to that law of Moses. We now belong, it says, to another. And it tells us who it is. To him who was raised from the dead. That's Jesus Christ. So we belong to Jesus. The responsibility then is this. In order. It's always a a consequence uh, phrase, isn't it? In order that. What? We might bear fruit for God. Here's our responsibility. If we belong to God, then we've got a responsibility to bear fruit for God, for His glory, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of justice, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of forgiveness, the fruit of repentance, the fruit of peace, the fruit of goodwill, the fruit of love. That's what it is to live to God's glory, to produce fruit for Him. Jesus said in John chapter 8, 47, whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. So our belonging to God gives us a responsibility to listen to God's voice. And we find that loud and clear in the Scriptures. So we have a responsibility to put the Scriptures at the center of our lives. This is our responsibility The privilege, I belong to the Lord. The responsibility, I live for His glory. Thirdly and finally, belonging to the Lord doesn't just give us a wonderful identity and a real responsibility. It also gives us a blessed assurance. A blessed assurance. An assurance that the one to whom we belong will look after us and defend us and be our God And that brings us comfort and joy. Verses 2 and 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Again, when Isaiah spoke this, he spoke to those who would be returning from Babylon to Israel. And these were the kinds of terrain that they would have had to cross. They would have had to go through water, rivers, by sides rivers, and also in the burning desert as well, the fire. But in poetic language, this speaks to us today. That water and fire together are a picture of every kind of danger and trial that comes our way. And they stand for the reality of the struggles that we have in our pilgrimage and journey to our holy land in glory. There are trials and dangers on the way there, all through life. There's deep waters for us to pass through. There's rushing rivers for us to cross. There's fiery trials for us to endure. The trials and the problems of health and finances, friends, family, people who hurt us, people we work with, work itself, 
our mind, our emotions, our witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. These things can bring us trials and dangers, fire, water, rushing rivers. But the one who is with us has promised that neither water, river, nor fire will ever destroy us. We will land safely to heaven. Precious promises these. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. You belong to me. I am yours, God is saying, and you are mine. And right now, you might be going through trials and feeling as though you're going to be drowning in a sea of troubles or burning in a fiery situation. Well, know this. You belong to the Lord. He is your God. He will keep you through every trial that you'll ever go through. And some of them are huge trials. He will keep you through every one of them and bring you safe to heaven. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. But what's more, he says in verse 4, our next verse here, he loves us. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, and nations in exchange for your life, because I love you. Going back to those 70s, one of the first records I ever bought, a little 45 vinyl, was by a pop group from Wolverhampton called Slade. I won't laugh at you if you boo-hoo-hoo, because I love you. I can turn my back on the things you lack, because I love you. Another profound lyrics of the silly 70s. I love you. Do you know, you don't say that easily to people, do you? Boy and girl start going out with each other. They walk a little bit of a distance, first of all, apart from each other. And then they get a little bit closer, they might hold hands. And then, then they might say, as they go on together, I like you, <laughs> I really like you. But then it might come to that point, I love you, I love you too. What a great thing to be able to say that to someone and for someone to say that to you. I love you. And this is what God says to us, because I love you. I don't think actually Slade read Isaiah 43 verse 4 to get the title for their song, but it's a great thing, because I love you. And we say that, don't we, to, to I, I, I do this for you because I love you. This is the only place in the Bible where God says he loves us. There's lots of other places that we read about the love of God for the world, the love of God for his people, and the love of Christ in giving himself for us on the cross. But here God says, I love you. Samson said it to Delilah. David said it to the Lord. Peter said it to Jesus. Paul said it to the Corinthians. But God says it to you. I love you. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. There is one who is above all others who loves you, the one you belong to, the one who showed you the full extent of his love when he sent his son, who was tried for you in Pilate's judgment hall, condemned for you before the crowd, pierced for your transgressions, 
crushed for your iniquities. He paid the punishment price that brought you peace. And he says, all this is because I love you. And comfort and joy flows to us from his precious wounded side because he loves us. What a tremendous thing it is that the Lord, our God, the God of all the universe, loves us. Do you know, during the 1500s, there was a lot of confusion about the truth of the Bible. And so in January 1563, in Heidelberg, Germany, some theologians wrote what we know as the Heidelberg Catechism. It's a catechism that contains 129 questions and answers. Question number one and answer number one is on our screen. I've got it in a little book that I often carry around with me. Question one, what is your only comfort? And we could add joy. What is your only comfort and joy in life and in death? Answer, that I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil. What a tremendous thing that is. I am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. My only comfort throughout the whole of my life, and when I take that journey on my own through death, my comfort is I belong to Jesus Christ. And if you've got that comfort, then it's joy also. So what have we seen this morning? We belong to the Lord. Our identity is in Him. Our responsibility is to live for His glory. And our blessed assurance is that this brings us in life and in death comfort and joy. Let me close the service by reading to you as a prayer uh, the whole of the answer to that question number one of the Heidelberg Catechism. What is my only comfort in life and in death? My only comfort in life and in death is that I, with body and soul, both in life and in death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil, and so preserves me that without the will of my Father in heaven, not even a hair can fall from my head, yea, that all things must work together for my salvation. Wherefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me now heartily willing and ready henceforth to live for him. Amen.